You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. to the Health and Mana podcast, where we talk to you about what it's like being a gaming couple in the world. Uh, I am Josh Needham, and I am here with... Annabelle. Yep. We are back at episode two. We came to you last week with a little bit of our history on gaming, where we where we both started off in the world of console gaming and where we are now. So this week, um, we are going to talk a little bit about stuff. Yay. Uh, I don't mean that in a suggestive manner. <laughs> we're we're talking like legitimately just about stuff like collectibles and things and organization around the apartment. Do you need assistance? No. Okay. Um, so the <laughs> talking about like organizing our space, keeping things in order and keeping things looking not like a mess. So like, for example, when I was growing up, my, uh, my bedroom, which I often shared with my brother, was just kind of like posters. And by posters, I mean pictures of ads that we ripped out of magazines and tacked to the wall with no sort of rhyme or reason. It was just kind of plastered there, which was like great and all, but it didn't look that great. And as you evolve, you try and like clean up and classify your place a little bit. A lot of people end up like, oh, that's that stuff is childish and you should have framed paintings of flowers that say something like harmony and have them you have three of them across your entire wall space and they're it's simple it's elegant but it doesn't really say anything about you or maybe it does i don't know but for us that's just not our our bag so where do you think we should start probably posters posters is probably a good place to start so we've got a lot of stuff that hangs around the apartment if you're looking for good ways to decorate your place with artwork and various gaming things. I'm going to recommend not going out and ripping ads out of magazines and putting them all over the place without rhyme or reason because it doesn't look great. Uh, We've actually gone out and I have quite a few wall scrolls. I know you had at least one because those wall scrolls look great pretty much wherever because they don't need a frame. They're like fabric. If you've never had a wall scroll before, it's basically like a fabric poster with a um, plastic bar at the top and the bottom. They roll up like a scroll. It's really neat. They're very compact when you're trying to move a bunch of stuff. And they just they hang. It's like a poster, but without the rips and tears. And they just look very neat. They also work well in a studio space for dampening sound, yep. which is why we've got a few of them in here. Uh, I know we did a lot of framing of things. Yeah, mostly prints that we got yeah so we go to different conventions and whatnot anime conventions gaming conventions and whenever we pick up posters we get got to go out to michael's and get frames for them Mm -hmm. so try and we try and keep in mind the actual size of whatever posters we're getting yep and then we can go to michael's and be like okay we need like three of this size and four of that size and sometimes we can find them on sale sometimes we're not so lucky but Mm. um other than that, I mean, keeping things framed, keeping some sort of a theme organization going on. I don't I don't know that I have much more to say on organizing posters. They're pretty simple. Um, I've tried to get rid of a lot of stuff that's ripped or torn that's been hanging from tacks for too long and fell apart. 
and now we're trying to find a giant poster or giant um, frames for the big posters we got hanging in the hallway. Yep, that you got from GameStop. <laughs> I did. I have to. It's Crash Bandicoot and Splatoon. I needed them. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to talk about, too, we do a lot of, I don't even know which one of us is a bigger offender of it, but collecting trinkets, like <laughs> action figures, blind bags, uh, Amiibo. Probably me. Probably you. Uh, <laughs> I, like I was big into the bags. Amiibo for a while. <laughs> I still am, but, and you just, all the blind bags and pop figures. Yep. And plushies. Like my pops. So many and things. My pops. <laughs> and trying to keep it all organized. It is organized. It is pretty, pretty okay. You just take them and you put them all on a shelf. Yes, but we, we're we running out of shelf room quite rapidly. We need more shelves? Yes. So, uh, do you have any tips for keeping collectibles organized other than putting them all on a shelf together <laughs> in a pile? Well, I usually try and put the bigger ones in the back. <laughs> it depends on how deep your shelf is, I guess. Yeah. See, yep. I prefer, like, the thinner shelves, like what we have our Amiibo mounted on. Yeah. Because it's... They're only, like, deep enough to go two Amiibo deep, yeah. base-wise. Yeah, it's so, perfect for those little ones. Yeah, because we have a lot of small things. Yep. A lot of choking hazards, if you will. Yeah, and when, before I moved in with you, uh, I think I had, a, like, a shelf without books in it, which is very odd. Yeah, because had... you had so many books and so many <laughs> bookshelves. That had uh, How You Train Your Dragon, all the pop figures for that. Remember that? Yep. They were all organized on the one shelf. Every single one of them. They the were. Pops it was so and nice. And the tiny ones. And, <laughs> and now the collection has grown. Yep. So um, I guess what is, what would you consider your favorite thing to collect of all the like stuff that comes in here? Um, I, I think Funko is really the biggest one for me. I like the, the mystery figures and the non-mystery figures. So, like, the pop figures, Dorbs is by Funko, I think. Yep, Dorbs. Yep, I love them, too. They've got the mini pop figures. I do, like, uh, I don't know, what is it called? The one where I got that Venom monkey thing, they do a rabbit. Oh, um. Something robot. I have no idea. It's like Kid Robot, maybe? It might be Kid Robot. I really like them. I, I don't have much in the collection of them, but I really like them. Their stuff. Like my venom, it's yeah, one of my faves. He's neat. He hangs out up on the top <laughs> shelf. Yep, where no one can get at him. With the dinosaur with the squishy innards <laughs> that I got for Christmas. That's a strange dino, but <laughs> it was fun to put together. He had squishies. I think. <laughs> see, we've got so many different collections of different things. It's really difficult to keep them all organized. Like my my father, for example, had uh, started collecting coffee mugs a while back. Yep. And then everyone started to know, like, in our family was like, oh, he collects coffee mugs because he <laughs> likes coffee. And all of a sudden, he's got coffee mugs coming from, like, every corner of the earth <laughs> to the point where he can't possibly display them all. <laughs> so I don't know if – do you think we're going to reach a point with our trinkets where it's like, okay, either we get something new in and things need to go out or just we need more shelf space? I because I don't, I don't want this to actually become the uh, the hoarders episode of geek culture. Uh, I feel like we should do like, uh, well, what my aunt uh, Ellen did. Remember Ellen? Vaguely. And what uh, your mom does? 
Or cycle actually, things? I think Ellen does, yeah. Cycle things, but not like holiday, just like, hey, I feel like video games and Star Wars now. Later on, I'll feel like this video games, anime, or Star Wars still stay. <laughs> yeah, video games is like a constant theme, though. Yeah, I think true. right now we've got enough to cover our apartment year-round with everything. I yeah. don't, we don't have to actually cycle things right now. Yeah. But I, I do think it'd be fun to get certain things. Like Five Nights at Freddy's is a fantastic series that um, we love way more than we should because we're trash people. But <laughs> um, but I think that also like that and Bendy and the Ink Machine are really good things to have around, around Halloween. Yep. So kind of theming the place like uh, FNAF and Bendy horror games basically – could probably get some Resident Evil related things. I think that'd be actually really interesting if, if we were. have foxes, bunnies, and little devil dudes. <laughs> foxes, bunnies, and little devils. Yep. Basically. <laughs> well, you got Boris the wolf. Yep. He can hang out with Foxy. There you go. I feel like that would be a fun, fun little mini cartoon if someone were <laughs> to draw that. But uh, I think that'd be really cool, though, if we if we were to separate things in such a manner that we have certain things that are like year round and then various themed video game or anime or whatever is that would cycle for the holidays rather than getting generic holiday stuff. Yeah. Well, you we also have like your crafts that you put together the snowmen. Yep. Like fishbowl snowmen with three of them. I think so. Yeah. With little trinkets inside them. Those are pretty cool. We should put those up on the Instagram so people can see them. Mm hmm. But, yeah, those crafts were pretty cool. I got completely off on a tangent. Yep. But we just got so many so many different things it's difficult to keep track of. And yep. I'm sure there's plenty of other people that have similar issues. I mean, it's stuff we've amassed collections of over the years. It's not like we just were able to go out and buy boxes of stuff. Yep. Sometimes I'm wondering, too, like, I have a can of Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. An empty can of Red Bull, mind you. But it was the Street Fighter edition. Yeah. I think that's the Chun-Li can. And we have a full bottle, two full bottles two of Quantum. Two full <laughs> bottles of Nuka-Cola Quantum. Those are important <laughs> because those were very, very limited. Yeah, they were difficult. <laughs> like Tim and I went out right after work one morning at 7 a.m. to Target, got there, and they were selling. You could only pick up two per person. So yeah. I got two, and Tim got two, but I gave one to Mark. And then you ended up getting, was it one or two that you got later? I only got one. So we have your one and my one. Yeah, because uh, I was just perusing Target. I forgot, like, I don't think it was the day after. Maybe it was. It was fairly late, and they only had the limit one per person when I went. It's like They were right. probably starting to run out by then. Yeah, it was in the electronic area. I was shocked, but I was, like, asking people, like, hey, do you know where I can get this if you guys still have it. So <laughs> well, at least we managed to get a couple. Yep. That actually makes me think of trying to think of good ways to display these things. Are you for or against glass cases? If we were to have a, like, someday down the line, we get a house and it's a bigger space where we can accommodate such things. And, you know, we, we have actual money stuffs so we can purchase things. Like um like store type glass cases or like sort mom's of china i'm not talking cabinet. like a, like not the countertops that you look at jewelry through 
that are like waist level. Yeah, no, the big one. Yeah, big tall like glass what, display cases like you see at the anime Newberry conventions. Comics used to, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Or like when we when we went to AAC and they have all the little figurines displayed in them. Yeah. Maybe they're plexiglass, not actual glass. Yeah. But either way, I feel like, like that would be pretty mom's cool. Mom's trying to cabinets is. Or the even like the, dis- the display case at GameStop <laughs> that's all glass on top, and they put the action figures in it, facing yeah. outwards. Something like that. I think it's the GameStop one has shelves. You can do that because it's difficult like- too. Like <laughs> having things that are collectible stuff. And displaying those things when you have a cat who is basically a fur tornado <laughs> and will jump everywhere, which is pretty much, I think, every cat. Pretty much. But so you do seem to love her. She loves you more than me. And you seem to you love her more that, than me. You say that, but every night she's like, I'm going to come up on the bed on your side. <laughs> and then I'm like, Lenore, no, my hand is here. And she's like, I'm going to stay just out of reach. <laughs> so... I don't know. I would argue that she's indifferent. She respects you. Sure. We'll, she we'll go with that. She respects your face. Your face. Your my, space. My, my space. Your face space. So interesting discussion because I've I've had the um, the talk with a few other people. What is your opinion when it comes to regular sized pop figures of keep them in the box or take them out of the box? I take them out. I don't plan on making them gain money besides pop's not really good at uh the box you can easily take it out and put it back in and it looks like it's never open so there's kind of pointless but i mean as long as you kept the box i guess people made the argument i've got what one two three six eight i have eight pop figures just on my desk most of which were gifts but it's like they're all out of their container they gather dust obviously but I personally prefer being able to actually see them and appreciate their detail. Yep. Whereas in the box, you don't always get that. I they feel just like, kind of are there. Yeah, I feel like if you leave them in the box, kind of like uh, on the shelf there behind you with your few action figures still in the box. Oh, yep. Kind of makes us look like we're in a store. <laughs> see, those ones I kept in the box because they have the PlayStation seal of authenticity on them. Yeah. I wanted to, I'm not planning on like reselling them at any point. Yeah. But. I like having the seal there. They also, I think, uh, yeah, they have the background inside of the box yeah. that goes along with the character. And I think that's kind of neat. Not saying I, would I like have to, a problem with them. It's just like. No, it's just, <laughs> I do generally tend to prefer taking my figurines and things out of their case. Yep. Because, again, you can appreciate the detail. Those I had been debating getting some LEDs and putting them inside the top of the box so you could actually see the details. Yeah. Or eventually putting somewhere lower. Because it's a pretty high shelf to actually appreciate them. That and like Kratos, who is... It, you can't really display something like... Uh, for people who have seen the Nendoroid uh, figurines that have like the swappable faces. They have a bunch of accessories. Yeah, we have two links. Yeah. Um, they are... They're well displayed both in and out of the box. But the Kratos I have is not a Nendoroid. But he is much better and more easily displayed in his box than out of his box. So I left him in the box. That was my my decision, executive decision there. But I've also had people tell me like, oh, if you leave your pops in the box, then you can find like a flat shelf. Like if we were to take one of the shelves, one of our wall mounted shelves and just put pops on it that were still in the box, you could stack them essentially to the ceiling. And then then you have a wall of pops. But yeah, exactly. (laughs) My point is then it looks like a store. Like, sure, I can appreciate the... uh, 
the look of things. Either that or you've got the they sell the cl- clear acrylic cases. Yep. That are about the size of a pop like box the and they will house ones. your pops. <laughs> yeah, like the beanie. Oh, geez. I used to one have of those old collections. Uh, Princess Diana bear. I got the cheaper version, not that expensive version they have. But uh, I used to have that in a box. <laughs> Yay. Because, you know, I was a little kid and was like, yeah, this is an expensive thing. But then again, like, look at my action figures that are on the wall there. Oh, uh, I was too far. <laughs> the action figures on the wall there. The Star Wars ones. Oh, yeah. Those uh, are still in the packaging. They hang yeah. all on the wall that way. But uh, some of them I got when I was a teenager. But back in the day, I got like Luke, R2-D2, C-3PO in their boxes. And I was like seven, eight, something like that. It was after my parents got a divorce. I opened them and my dad got upset because he's like, oh, they could have been worth something. Why would you open them? Because they're toys. I feel like that was the biggest thing that anyone ever said in the 90s was, don't open that. It'll be worth something someday. And they're worth about as much as they were worth back then. They didn't go up at all in price. In the box is about the same as what we paid. They're like five bucks at most, depending on the character. I think I got a couple of them for a dollar. I mean, those in the box is easier to display the way we've got them up on the wall like that. Yeah, and that's why they're still in the box because they're easy to display. Plus, we also have the Millennium Falcon with the... uh, why did I forget his name? Boba Fett. The Boba Fett watch with the Millennium Falcon case doesn't make sense, but that's No, they finished. should have come with the Slave One, but hey, whatever. So, <laughs> should yeah. Should like, I don't know, Chewie's face or something with. That would have been neat. <laughs> but, so going back a little bit, you brought up Beanie Babies. So now I want to I wanna dive back in time. <laughs> Of first what, collection. What were your life. maybe not your first, but what was one of the favorite things of yours to collect when you were younger? Um, hmm. I think might have actually been cameras. I used to collect like old school cameras, cameras or just like any All cameras. Camera. <laughs> I was a little kid that collected everything. <laughs> so pretty much any camera you get your hands on. Yep, I remember one of those ones. It was a new one. I think Grandma got me it. I don't know what happened to it. Mom held on to my cameras when we weren't able to do anything with photos. But it was one of those tiny ones where the uh, flash kind of wrapped around it. And you pulled it up and the flash would come up and you can take your pictures. The little film wasn't in the canister. It was just a little flat thing. You stick in it, shut the thing and take your photos. That was my favorite. I was so upset when it disappeared. But oh. like I think I even still have like two or three of my film cameras sitting in my hook chest there. I think it's one of the things I never actually collected was cameras. My brother did. He had a whole collection of uh, like old school vintage Polaroid and all that other kind of stuff. Yep. Old uh, SLR cameras that used 35 millimeter film. Uh, older flat cameras that used a 110 film. Yeah. That was like the hard cases you'd slap in the back of the camera like a pack of batteries. And, yeah. And go. Um, I love those cameras, actually. They were neat. They, they were very were interesting. Oh, well, we still have the um, iZone. Yeah, there, that it's one. strange and hanging out up there. So I still have some mud cameras. <laughs> I didn't really, like, other than disposable cameras, I didn't do much growing up with uh, with cameras. That was our big thing on vacations was, oh, here you go, kids. You each get a disposable camera. Use it for your 20-something pictures and have fun. And I just take pictures of this, that, whatever. and. Yep. You know, you come back with a whole stack of like, I took two pictures of this thing and 
I took a couple pictures of the ground yeah. and this one was, I don't even know what that is. So I think the main reason why I love the cameras is the mechanics of it. I liked how it worked. Yep. I also like when I had one of the old ones where you had to put a little box thing on it to do the flash. I loved that one because it was like, ooh, this is old. This is how it worked before. Like, I've collected pogs. I've collected Pokemon I never Pokemon actually collected cards. pogs. I had a few. They, I think, what, mid-90s? As soon oh, yeah. as Pokemon cards came, pogs were gone. But yeah, like, see, that all was... these things I collected, I couldn't learn about it. There was nothing. It was interesting, but it wasn't that interesting because they it looked wasn't neat but there was no history or anything <laughs> yeah. to it there was nothing like but yeah when pokemon cards were around and the show was airing at the same time it actually gave you like you could look at your cards and be like i know this pokemon i saw them in the show so tying back into <laughs> into collecting did you collect pokemon cards yes i liked i don't know what your thoughts were but i i really liked once i started getting into card collecting because i had done very little stamp collecting in my in my younger days, I've it wasn't them. that I knew anything about stamps. I just had a lot of them. <laughs> and whenever we went to a yard sale and someone was selling a whole bunch of stamps that looked really old, I was like, "Ooh, stamps. <laughs> I knew nothing about the age they came from, where they were made, what yep. they were like, the prices on them, all that kind of stuff. I didn't know anything about stamps. I just had a bunch. And it was a really inconvenient collection to have. We did the Beanie Baby thing for a little while. But never like anything hardcore. We didn't go, oh my god, I need this entire collection of Beanie Babies. We just had a few. Pokemon was one of the first things I was like actively trying to complete the collection. Yeah. And it was nice because you put them all in a binder. And then that binder folds up and goes on a bookshelf. And you don't have to worry about where the collection is. It folds up. It goes with you. I actually had a, I still have a Pokemon backpack. It's a um, Geodude Graveler Golem backpack. And it had... Just enough space in it for me to put my binder with my trading cards, a deck of Pokemon cards, the collector, uh, the case that housed my Game Boy Color and all of its accessories, and then six Pokemon plushies stacked on top of it. <laughs> along with, I had two unofficial Pojo's Pokemon magazine, like three or four Pokemon comics, the parent's guide to Pokemon, <laughs> and I think the, remember when the Pokedex had its own book? It was just like the Pokedex, the book, and you'd flip through it, and it was the first 150 Pokemon, and it gave you details about them all. Yeah. I had one of those. And then eventually we ended up going out and getting the digital Pokedex. So like, I had this whole collection of Pokemon stuff that went in this backpack and traveled around with me pretty much everywhere. Because <laughs> it was like Corey and I, when we got into Pokemon, it was hardcore into Pokemon. And then we shifted. We were only like into one, or at least I was only into one thing at a time. And I'd get into that one thing, and I'd go hardcore with it. Yep. Which, thankfully, I never got into, uh, I never got that hardcore into Magic the Gathering because it's a series that has gone on for ever. And <laughs> a lot of people have sunk like a life savings into collecting those. <laughs> I have a couple decks that were made for me, but that's it. Did you ever end up having a full collection of Pokemon cards? Uh, I don't remember. I think I had a pretty decent one. Uh, I gave them away, uh, employee at Teleflex. Yeah, there. I remember that. She she was all upset because her son would never see the original Pokemon cards. And I was like, um, you want some? I got them. I got a lot of them. So I gave her my Pokemon cards. Like every time I found more, I would just give it to her. I think I kept only two because one of them was a Japanese card of a Pokemon I really like. It was Abra. 
Yeah. And then another Pokemon I really liked, I think it was a American one, Eevee. I only had one of each of those anyways in my collection, so I wound up keeping those, but I believe I had a different type of Eevee. I don't know what was... I know they started making different types, so, so it's possible. I, I think I gave her the different type of Eevee and, of course, the American Abra. I like the Jap- looks of the Japanese card in, of Abra. I think it was slightly different. I like the way the back of the Japanese cards looked. It was, yeah. it was interesting because they had the pocket monsters instead of Pokemon. Yep. And they looked more in your face kind of rather than like the soft blue and red of the regular Pokemon cards. They were very punchy. Yep. They looked I, <laughs> If I recall correctly, after the first 150, I didn't bother continuing to try and collect them all. I was trying to collect a lot of the rarer ones, like when we were in the Pokemon League and I picked up uh, different promotional cards that they had, like Mew. I have two versions of Mew. Yay. Unfortunately, I don't have Ancient Mew, which I believe was a movie thing with Pokemon, the first movie. That yes. you go to the theater and they had copies of Ancient Mew and I never picked one up, unfortunately. Yeah, I think our theater was out when we went. We went to Burger King, got our little Pokemon stuff. I think the theater was out when we went for their cards. I, it's one of those things I haven't looked uh, looked up what they would cost anymore. to Because I think Ancient Mew and Charizard are the only two I'm really missing right now. Mm. I got the movie collector ones for when they did Pokemon the Movie 2000. They did Art, uh, Articuno, Moltres, and Zapdos. Yep. And my, my mother took... My, Corey and I had to go see that movie three times so we could get all the cards because <laughs> she wanted them too. So my mother has a full collection. She also has a first edition Machamp, which is pretty neat. <laughs> but I'm, I, I ramble, but card collecting is one of those things that I've enjoyed, but I haven't really found a way to incorporate that into the aesthetic of our living space. Yep. You know, I've seen some people on YouTube that take the sleeves that go in the binders that hold your card and they'll like tack them to the wall but i'm like it's not really what i'm going for yeah it's a little too much in tax too anyway yeah it's a little too tacky <laughs> is the thing i mean we so, can like assemble a whole thing of card sheets but we might have a, like a whole wall if we do that probably i have a few things that are just like still hiding in storage that i need to find frames for and actually put up but yep uh so Going forward, what are what if you had unlimited resources to get more collectible stuff? Uh, what would be your go to? What kind of things should we collect more of? Um, aside from everything, yeah, we're not getting everything. Oh, why not? Because we don't have room for it all. Aww. We are not going to end up looking like the Dollar Tree. Oh, the Dollar Tree of discarded toys. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I like the, like, I really like the mystery minis because they're so tiny and they're very well detailed. And they're, I feel like I have fun opening them. Like, I feel some like some people are like massively disappointed. And I'm like, I'm kind of like, uh, the PS toy review when they're opening them, like they get 20 of the same one and they're like, yeah, it's another one of these. It's another duplicate. Yay. <laughs> I feel like I would be more like them because I'd be like, yay, I got like five Bonnies. I'm the happiest I can be. <laughs> <laughs> well, the small ones make good for doing different crafts and stuff too, like you did with your uh, snowman, snow globe type deal. Yep. Where we needed a bunch of little tiny things to put into them yep. to make a scene and you can do it that way. 
Um, yeah, like we got two Golden Freddies in a mystery bin. Yeah, so, so we have a Golden, golden Freddy and a snowman in a winter wonderland. <laughs> yep. <laughs> celebrating the winter holidays in true FNAF style. He needs a pizza in there is what he needs. <laughs> but uh, just trying to keep everything organized is kind of, it's chaotic. I highly recommend shelving. <laughs> like, go, I don't even know where the heck I got these shelves. It might. I don't know if it was like a hardware store or if it was just Walmart. One or the other, and then just got a couple, a bunch of L brackets, and just put your stuff on shelves. Try and try and keep it organized. And also, hop down in the comments. Let me know your opinions, or hit me up on, hit us up on Twitter or what have you. What your opinion is on pops? Keep them in the box. Take them out of the box. It's a, a debate as old as time. And <laughs> <laughs> my opinion still: take them out of the box. Uh. I almost want to say that it'd be kind of neat to have if we were able to afford one of those cl like clear acrylic boxes for every single one we have and yep. then stack them and put some lighting situation going on. Yeah, that could be really neat. But that when the display boxes are almost as much as a pop figure, I think they're like eight bucks yeah. for a display case. I'm like, I know <laughs> yeah. when I could just eventually get a glass case to put them, you know, arrange them in in some fashion. I feel yeah. like that'd be the better bet. Mm-hmm. So moving on from our, our collectible extravaganza. <laughs> oh, actually, another uh, talking about posters and stuff. We had uh, for a while when we were going to Rietta on Sunday mornings, there was a guy there that was doing custom. Or I say custom. He was hand, had hand done um, canvases. And we ended up picking one up. That's the is that the Hylian symbol? Technically yep. with the Zelda written over it. Yeah, they're all painted on, and I think he said he uses stencils for them, but you can only use a stencil like the ones he makes a couple of times. So you yeah. end up with like a couple that are similar or the same with different colors or what have you. But I thought that was pretty neat. Like, don't underestimate the higher quality. That's something I actually I want to bring up too with our discussion of posters. Like, you can go to Walmart or um, Five Below or stores like that and browse yeah. through their poster section and you're going to get a standard sized poster. Pro tip, if you live near a GameStop, GameStop tends to do their marketing swap outs every other Saturday or Sunday. So, OK, first off, don't just walk into your GameStop and demand things. If you're if you're on the level with the employees of GameStop where you can walk in there and demand things and they find it that it's funny or a good time or whatever and they don't call the police on you for robbing the place, then you're probably in good enough spirits with your local GameStop employees to ask them when they are swapping posters again, which is super fun because if you catch, I was, I've been able to, for a few years now, uh, whenever I walk into GameStop and I see a giant poster on the wall, like a marketing poster, I'm like, that is something I need in my home. Uh, I've done that at least twice recently once with the crash bandicoot remaster and once with splatoon uh, splatoon was like a year or two ago mm -hmm. but crash bandicoot was more recently so we've got these massive like i think they're like 33 by 48 <laughs> posters so they're huge finding a frame for them is going to be a pain in the butt but it gives me something that a lot of other people don't have which is a giant game poster and it's one of those things that when people come in it'd be better once i have them framed and if our walls weren't like piss yellow they're <laughs> disgusting they're just painted that color by the way it's not like someone was a smoker in this apartment and they're just tinged yellow this is like hardcore disgusting yellow that <laughs> i really hope they paint over when we leave 
it'll just make me feel better knowing that whoever lives here next doesn't have to deal with that color. Um, but looking for higher quality and different items that also tie into your tastes of whether it's nerddom or gaming, whatever it is. Like, and you can do that with GameStop. I'm sure if you have a movie stop that's still open near you, I don't know if they went completely under or if it was just our location went down. But mm. if movie stop still exists out there, they get like movie posters and stuff. You can always check with them. I don't know if they have the same kind of cycle. But, and then of course, I wall mounted a couple of uh, Minecraft swords. You know, it's a lot of just trying to decorate, but with a higher quality of items. So it's not just going out getting a $5 poster at Walmart or I guess they're seven eighty eight or something like that at Walmart. They're $5 at five below, but they're your typical poster size. And you're just like, oh, I just, I'm just going to hang these wherever. Uh, getting something a little out of the ordinary or a little higher quality really draws people's attention to it. Like, you know, we have canvases now that have art on them. Yep. Uh, some that were like manufactured and some that were actually made by individual artists. Wall scrolls because they're fabric. So... They, they just look really nice. They don't have that sheen of um, printing paper or poster paper. They also don't have the reflection of a frame because they don't need one. They're just, I don't know, I think they look really nice and mm -hmm. the way that they just kind of hang around. We have the hologram one with all the links. Yeah, we ended up picking up one of those where it's like it shifts and moves as you move around it. Now, like novelty stuff like that, I don't want to go crazy on. Yeah. But I have found that... Uh, that one in particular is just kind of like the centerpiece among a couple other pieces of art we've picked up at yep. conventions. And I'm going to tell you right now, nothing will make the artwork you pick up at conventions both A, last longer, and B, look better than getting a frame that fits it. It's kind of like clothing that way. If you find something that's tailored to fit, it's going to look a lot better. You don't have that void, empty space around your poster. Yep. A lot of them, I think, are 11 by 17 or 11 by 19, depending Yeah. if you get so. like a tall poster or not. That's like the standard I found with convention prints. I don't know if that's an artist standard or not. Just maybe that is. I'm not really involved in the art community as far as selling prints, so I don't know. But that's what I found mostly. And, of course, frames start to get a little more expensive. We've stuck with a very minimalist like they're very thin black frames. Yep. So it's not like we go out and get these hefty Victorian style <laughs> frames with all these intricate things around them. Like we're trying to set up some sort of a steampunk decor with a gaming motif behind <laughs> it. It's just, you know, finding frames, putting things in the frames and then putting those frames on your wall, trying to make sure everything is leveled out. You don't want things all over the place. And it's like, yeah, you have a lot of nice looking posters and prints and stuff now, but there's no, they're not level across anything. There's mm -hmm. no rhyme or reason to the setup. What I actually did is I looked up on, uh, I think it was on Pinterest, of good arrangements or good visual arrangements for posters, something along those lines. Yeah. And it gives you a rough layout because you, you don't want to plaster a wall, but at the same time, I kind of want, I want things in our place. Maybe it's just me. You, you tell me if you, if you <laughs> feel differently to feel a little bit busy, but not so busy that it feels cluttered. I mean, right now this room is cluttered kind yep. of deliberately and kind of by necessity. But once we have the space, I'd like to keep things simple, but also kind of like there's something everywhere. Like those big posters you see where everything you look at, you're like, oh, oh, this little scene here is an Easter egg that I didn't notice before. Yep. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Um... Well, 
<laughs> Should we just shelf every wall and pile it to the ceiling? Yes. <laughs> Have like shelves everywhere. So this is going to be an uphill battle of you constantly getting more collectible stuff and me trying to find places to put everything. Probably. While also buying more collectible <laughs> stuff. Yep. Or, you know, Ugh. everything will look like, you know, my very well organized craft desk. No one can see the disaster that is. Have you ever seen that movie Twister? It's kind of like just after all the twisters. And it's it's like that, but with glitter involved. Glitter and yarn. And yeah, I we're not going to get into that. So anyway, uh, I think that's all I've got for right now, at least on collectible stuff is, you know, just higher quality stuff. I'm trying to do the same thing with my wardrobe is like moving over from my graphic tees to a more um, business casual, I guess, without losing the gaming theme. I try and add accessories where I can that are gaming related rather than just like having a giant T-shirt that's bright red and has Mario's hat on it or something. <laughs> try for something a little more subtle, like a lapel pin or or something small. Do you have mm. something else to add before we moved on? Mm. You looked like you were in thought and then I cut you off. Well, I was thinking of uh, collectibles. So we oh. kind of went off. <laughs> That's okay. We can come back to it if we need to. But I wanted to jump over to our game debate for the week. Mm -hmm. It Even now, it's it's not really so much a debate. It's just we each pick a game. We play it for... This week was actually pretty short because of the types of games we picked. Yep. But the idea was to pick a game. I pick a game that Annabelle hasn't played. She picks a game that I haven't played. And we'll sit down and play each of them for a couple hours. And then during the podcast, we can offer our opinions and thoughts on, on those games. So this week, you chose Primal Rage. Yep. If I'm remembering the title correctly, for the Super Nintendo. Yep. Which is, for those that don't know Primal Rage, or maybe you're too young to know what Primal Rage is, in which case, I'm sorry, but also check it out. It's like a fighting game with giant kaiju. Well, a kind of kaiju. Like there's a couple dinosaurs. There's a big couple of gorilla-like yep. dudes. Ape, apes? Gorillas? I think apes. Apes. Maybe. They're not quite gorilla-like. One's like King Kong while the other one's just like the Yeti. There's like two versions of each one and they're reskinned, recolored. Except for, uh, well, the little raptor one, there's only one. The, the what do you call it? Rhino style. Yeah, I don't know Rhino what he triceratops is. style Rhinoceratops. one. Rhinoceratops. It, that one's one, and uh, Vertigo, which is the snake-like one. Yep. Which, for whatever reason, all I could think about was the snake from the uh, Caravan Palace Lone Digger tra uh, music yeah, video. Yeah, it does look like that. I was like, I'm just expecting him to be like, have a scarf around his neck and be real pompous. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we had Primal Rage was your selection, and because you picked a fighting game... I picked a fighting game, and we played Tekken 7. Yep. I would have gone back to play Tekken 2, but I feel like Tekken 7 was just, it was more, I have Tekken 2 as well, but I don't think it is as much fun as Tekken 7. They've added <laughs> a lot of things since then, a lot of new characters, and I haven't gone through Tekken 2 again and unlocked all of the characters that I had unlocked when I had it for the PS1. Because hmm. I ended up getting the download version Yeah. for the PS3. Because alas, I actually I probably do still have the disc for Tekken 2. I'll have to look regardless. So what were your thoughts on Tekken 7? 
Uh, it was pretty interesting. There was a lot of characters to select. Yes. So much more than Primal Rage had, but Primal Rage is much older. <laughs> yeah. Not as many options. There weren't as there wasn't as much storage space back then. Yep. I do miss the fact that Primal Rage had the little booklet of stories and apparently. Yeah, very we talked expensive. about that while we were playing it. Was yep. um I guess we're jumping over to Primal Rage now. Oh sorry. Uh, that's fine. We'll go back to that. We'll go back. <laughs> um but yeah, you had mentioned that you had the little book for it, and I was like, "Oh, that must have been so cool, though," because yeah. you were saying it had the move sets and everything in it. Yeah. Because in Tekken, starting with at least with Tekken two, probably with the first Tekken as well, but I unfortunately haven't had the luxury of playing that. You can just hit the pause button when you're in a match and go into a move list, and it'll give you your entire move list for the character you're playing. Primal Rage doesn't have that. It had the book that came with it, and you had your moves in there. And I tried googling Primal Rage move sets while we were playing just so I could try and figure out what I was doing because it felt very slow and clunky. But every fighting game feels that way. If you don't know your controls, you don't know what yeah. you're doing. You feel like a bathtub trying to walk <laughs> around and swat a fly and it's not happening. <laughs> and which it, it stunk because I was finding controls for just about everything but the SNES version. Because it was on what, Sega as well, I think? Yep. And so, uh, arcade machines had them yeah, too. Yeah, I found the controls for arcade and for Sega, but not for SNES. Yep. So it was a little, little frustrating. And the SNES one's like, what, 150 is what I found the game for? Yeah, it's something like ridiculous compared to the Genesis version, which is... Like eight bucks. Yeah, like a whole lot cheaper. <laughs> we so, need to get a Genesis so we can get it with yeah, the Yeah, right, so we can get the book with it. But anywho... Uh, it, it could be one of those ones that's like... Um, shoot i think it's like blaze blue and persona 4 arena those kind of fighting games where they have they don't specifically state like square triangle x and circle yeah for whatever console you have they'll state like a b c and d and yeah. a is like your heavy attack and then b is like so they're different things and they're all mapped to different things depending on what um system you're on but yeah. the combinations like if it says a, C, D, D, right, left, down. That's going to be the same combo, just different buttons depending yep. on your, your controller setup. But... What do you mean? So, while we're on the topic of Primal Rage, though, okay. I'll give it my uh, my two cents. It wasn't <laughs> bad, honestly. For considering I was trying to compare it with um, the SNES version of Mortal Kombat, which I also played growing up. Yep, I ha we have it, but it sadly, after multiple attempts, wouldn't go on. Yeah, so it's, I feel it's like that's the same with even the arcade machine down at the quarters. I think they got the, rid of their arcade now. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't look last time we were there. I remember not the most recent time we were there, but the time before when we went too early. Yep. There was some kid beating on that machine like it, his life depended on it. Yeah. And I felt bad for everything Mortal Kombat. But regardless, that was my comparison, my standing comparison for... Um, Primal Rage was Mortal Kombat and how it handled, yeah. which is pretty similar, to be honest. Like, you have your your basic four move sets with the four buttons, and it seemed like L the, tr the trigger buttons went to stuff too, but I couldn't, for the life of me, figure out combos that would do much of anything. Yeah. Oh, it seemed you... like double tapping a direction didn't do much for me. I don't think it did double taps. I think it was always like two hit buttons and a directional, I think, was all it needed for them that's why i was able maybe to maybe i'm just like overthinking two it. or three uh you managed to get diablo to throw fire 
I did, and I have no idea how I did it, though, <laughs> is, the, is the problem. I think it's the way that I think about combos, because it's also the reason that I'm okay with Tekken, but I'm garbage when it comes to Street Fighter, yeah. because Street Fighter uses different move styles. They're a lot more heavy on, like, the quarter-stick turn, half-stick turn, and directional stuff that involves movement of the arcade stick, as compared to Tekken, which occasionally you're double-tapping a button in a direction, yeah. but mostly it's hit X and square at the same time, or hit X square triangle, X triangle square. Or like it's certain combinations like that, which is what I was trying to execute on Primal Rage, which is probably not what it was intended to do as far as combos go. Yeah. So do I recommend it? Honestly, if if you and your significant other or whoever you want to play with have not like neither of you have played it, you'll probably have a decent time at it. Honestly, we had a pretty good time with it and you've played mm-hmm. it before. Yep. You didn't end up kicking my butt, but you had a little bit of a better grasp, I think, of the combos system yeah. and what you were trying to accomplish than I did. Because I went into it, I didn't know what the characters were capable of, what they should be able to do, aside from figuring that the fire dinosaur should throw fire <laughs> and the yeti-looking gorilla should probably have some sort of an ice attack. Yep. Aside from that, I'm like, I don't I don't really know. I think it has a fart attack, or maybe that's the other gorilla. <laughs> I think the other girl of farts and like a little cloud goes oh, in front of you and your monster is like, ugh. But even so, I think we had, uh, we didn't play it for very long. We did manage to, because as you're going through fighting each other, you're also taking over parts of the continent. Yep. Was it intended to be Pangea or is it its own world? I think it's its own world because remember, it was just in the shape of a T-Rex skull. Oh, yeah. Fire. So I'm I don't know why it, I didn't notice that, actually. I think it technically was Diablo's skull because it was throwing fire and Diablo throws fire, but I can't remember if, uh, oh, what is but his it's name? Like, it's T-Rex almost like playing skull. Risk where you're fighting yeah. these giant monsters. And it goes into the color of your monster. And, yeah, and so you're taking over pieces of the map as you play along. Yep. I thought also that was kind of neat that you have the, the human that I assume is supposed to be like your master or what have you. No, no? you're their master. <laughs> Okay, why are you taking a human anywhere with you? What point is that? I don't know. Maybe they like tiny beasts. See, I always figured it was like these humans that (laughs) thought they had tamed these great beasts and they were now showing down with them and fighting them. Didn't you notice they were kneeling and worshipping them? Yeah, they they were, (laughs) which very like ancient civilization-esque, I guess. Very much with a god complex, but... And we were booting them around. Yeah, I ended up hitting one, and he goes flying through the air, and then you tail whipped him back to me, and we were playing volleyball with a human for a little while, which was kind of neat, but then we had to continue beating the the daylights out of each other. Yep. So I would say Primal Rage, if you can get your hands on it, uh, it's worth a play. It's it's fun. Mm-hmm. For the price of, what was it, 100 and something for the SNES version, <laughs> don't, don't spend your money on it. If you're not a hardcore collector and already into this game, like, don't. Don't bother. Emulate it. That's what I would tell you. Em- emulate Primal or Rage. Or by the Genesis version. Or by the Genesis version. <laughs> Probably be a lot cheaper for you. But I don't know. I don't think it was fun enough for me to actively seek out otherwise. If you didn't own it, I, it's not something I'd be like, oh, let's uh, – if we had a house fire and that game was gone, I probably – I wouldn't be like, let's let's go buy it again. I will feel sad. I don't I'm, I'm hoping we never have house fire. But – yeah. I'm just like in a weird scenario where that game got lost. I don't know that it would be something I would be actively looking to replace, but I also don't want to lose it either. It was kind of fun. Yeah, I'm still sad about losing Metroid. So I hope you're sad if I lose that one, too. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully we don't. That comes back into just keeping all our collectible stuff organized, Yep. which I think we'll do better once we have a a different space and start thinning out some of the stuff that we don't need or want. But. Okay, so shifting from Primal Rage, I give it a thumbs up. Yay. Moving over to Tekken 2. 
Well, Your thoughts on tech? We had a very unfair uh, <laughs> balance going on because yeah. I have played Tekken for a long time. And when I picked up Tekken 7, I picked a character I had never played before, Lucky Chloe, and decided to get real good with her and learn her movesets. And then was playing online, kicking the crap out of people online with her. Yeah. So I really give me her voice. Y- yes. <laughs> we went over her obnoxious, <laughs> high-pitched voice. Typical, like, Japanese pop star type. That's her whole persona is J-pop. So. Yep. Well, as I was trying to say earlier and got into primal rage as an example like the assortment of characters uh knowing their backstory it seems like it would be a massive deal to learn all their backstories but then again mortal Kombat. but i think we actually had watched the movie to figure out their backstory when i was a little kid see the thing i liked with as far as backstories go with tekken 7 is all the Tekken games up until now, you go through the arcade mode. Yep. Like Tekken 2, we'd pick a character. We'll say, um, oh, geez, Law, because Law is like one of the most infamous Tekken characters. You pick Law, you go through the arcade mode in single player yep. as Law, get to the very end, you face uh, Devil at the very end of everything. Yep. You beat Devil, and then you're treated to a short cutscene which tells you very little about the actual character. Now, if you were to play other Tekken games in arcade mode, you get the actual story as things go along. They started putting more cutscenes into the games and um, fleshing out a little bit more of the background and the King of Fighters tournament that everyone's participating in. But uh, Tekken 7, what I liked is that they included the ability to purchase, not for real money, but for like reward money you win in the game. You can purchase the cutscenes from the previous games. So if we wanted to, we could go back and get a backstory on just about all the characters, which is kind of that'd be a fun afternoon, I think, (laughs) because they're they're, not like it takes a long time. They're not terribly lengthy cutscenes. Yeah. And we could honestly just pick like, I like that character and we'll go all the way back to the first game they appeared in and we can just follow their story as it goes along. Yeah. It's kind of it's interesting. There's definitely a lot going on there that if you're into Mm -hmm. the back history of your characters, you can get into. But yeah. I'll, I'll let you have the stage again. <laughs> I went off on a tangent. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, my selection of characters was, oh, a teddy bear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you went with uh, Kuma and then Panda. Yep. I forget where you went from there, but. I think I did start selecting people, like small people, because I was select big people. And they but... definitely move slower. Yeah, I, selecting bigger I've never been like really that. good at selecting the people, even in Mortal Kombat. I selected the centaur-like dude. Yep. I think he was, like, a bonus option. I can't remember. I remember I couldn't always get him. But <laughs> I always select the animals when I select from people games. So I think my, for Primal Rage, the reason why I like Vertigo so much was because I liked his little story. But... So selecting people in fighter games is a little difficult for me because, like, I'm always selecting them because, hey, it's an animal I like, or I saw their little backstory and like, oh, this is interesting. I like this character. But, I mean, other than that, it's pretty interesting game. Each character has a different ability. Like, the little people were faster we're able to move out of the way. Yeah, female characters are very good at like having quick movement because yeah. of the smaller frame, smaller hitbox. 
Yeah. Whereas like the male characters and when you get into like Jack Seven, who's a robot, and the two giant bears, Kuma and or yeah, Kuma. I keep wanting to say Akuma and that's uh, Akuma and he's different. He's a different guy. But mm-hmm. um and Panda, they move a lot slower because they're big. And Bob. <laughs> Bob was a big fat guy with the, the scruffles. <laughs> and but yeah, I like the characters that move faster, I've come yep. to find. But yeah, it was your annoying squeaky character. Yeah. Well, she's got like the breakdancing stuff going on. So she's, she moves very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I was playing Sebastian in Tekken Tag Tournament. He's an old French butler. And because I had learned his moveset so well that I was just like, okay, well, I've learned how to block and I've learned most of his moveset. So th- that's it. I'm just going to lay waste. <laughs> but unfortunately, Sebastian is not in Tekken 7. At least unless I, I just haven't unlocked him because I haven't gone through it enough times. But yeah, I feel like it would be a while for me to figure out which character I like the most. And That's the trouble good. with games like get that. Get good. <laughs> yeah, to get good is that there's so many characters to choose from that if you're stepping into it without knowing anyone's backstory, you're like, I don't know who to play. Yep. And you have to pick a character you want to play and then decide, okay, I'm also going to learn their moveset. It's like uh, learning Overwatch. It's like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> Eventually, you just find someone whose play style you like, and you're like, all right, I, I like the basis of this, but I want to <laughs> make it better. So it's a lot of messing around, mm-hmm. which is difficult when my instinctual reaction is to kill whatever's on the other side of the screen, and that is you, and you don't know the movesets. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want to be rude and just beat you into the pavement. I want you to learn the game and have fun with the game. <laughs> so that being said, what was your, your fun rating of, of Tekken? I liked it. Is it something you think you'd play again in the future? Or is it kind of one of those like, I played it, it was fun, but <laughs> no thanks. I think I'll play it again. Okay. So th- do you think it's a it would be a good game for a couple activity? I think so, as long as it's not like, you know, overly competitive, but, you know, just, yeah. hey, let's play a fighting game. But I think fighting games aren't very good for overly competitive. I don't know. Maybe if they're both good at fighting games, maybe that is. It both. depends. If you're friendly competitive, that's great. Yeah. If you're one of those that it's just going to piss both of you off because one of you is constantly rubbing it in the face of the other that, oh, come on, son, get good. <laughs> and, oh, look, I won again. Whoops. That just gets, that's another one of those games. The same friends I got into like nearly fist fights with over Gauntlet, <laughs> we got in nearly fist fights over because of Tekken. <laughs> because I have always kind of been like the sleeper agent of Tekken when it comes to our friends because I'm so notoriously bad at every other fighting game. Yeah. That, that eventually we're like, okay, well, let's play Tekken. And I think Smurry is one of the first few that has really like stepped in and destroyed me in Tekken. <laughs> so like kudos to Smurry. But I remember when Jeff came down to play Tekken 7, he was like, oh, I'm going to beat you into the pavement. And we played Tekken 7 and I kicked the living daylights out of him. <laughs> and it was one of those moments of like, you didn't tell me you were good at this. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't I don't tend to brag about my accomplishments, and especially in fighting games, because I'm not great at fighting games. There yeah. are people that get into like how many frames a recovery animation takes. And I'm, like, <laughs> I, I'm not that level. I'm not that level of fighting game. Yeah. I like Primal Rage was really one of the only fighting games where I was actually good at cuz like I would play the, the I like the one character so I got really good with him. I played every single character cuz if you play in single mode, you have that world map 
and you conquer it with that one monster. Yep. So you can have a solid state. I don't remember if there was anything special about doing that. I don't think so. It's it, it, back in the day, so there wasn't like, oh, bonus video because it's not capable of doing much. <laughs> mm. I'm already starting but. to think of like what kind of game I want to do for next week, and I think I have one in mind. But Uh-oh. we'll we'll see if that fleshes out over the course of the next week. All right. Because it's one that I have a lot of interesting trivia about, too. I just need to see if I can pull it up and get it to work. <laughs> um, so we've gone through our two games for the game debate. And I want to finish off talking a little bit about games that we play single player but together kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like I kind of when we were doing Detroit Become Human for stream yeah. and – for those of you listening, this week we've been doing, by the time you listen to this, we'll have gotten through the second chapter of The Wolf Among Us, which, amazing game. Uh, Annabelle has the history of, or a better knowledge of the history of the fairy tales and fables that are going to be in that game, whereas I have a better knowledge of the game itself, because I have been through it now uh, at least once. But what are your thoughts of games like that, Telltale games, where we we're making decisions and we're following a storyline where maybe you're not playing it, but you're watching me play, but we're kind of collectively making decisions. Do you think that's a decent dynamic, or is it obnoxious not being the person playing? Uh, I guess it's a decent dynamic. I'm not a fan of playing those games. I kind of get bored with them, so... Bored uh, with playing them, or bored with watching them, or just bored with them in general? Kind of bored with them in general. Like, sometimes it takes a while before you're able to do anything, and I just get bored with it. Uh, yeah, they are like very cutscene heavy. A very long movie. It's kind of like watching one that, I mean, it's not really really long movie. It's just kind of slow paced type movie or series. Yep. But I think it's a great thing, you know, sitting together and what and one watching while one's playing because. Like, it's, it's interesting those... to find out more because, like, I like the characters in Detroit Become Human. But some of the parts I really don't want to sit there. <laughs> That's fair. It's like, it's taken a while to get through be, this. Get to the point. <laughs> I think it'd be different if you were more of a movie person. Whereas, like, I could sit down and potentially, like, not with any active intent, but I have sat down and watched an entire season of a show before. And you're very much not the type that can do that. I think my sister kind of is the reason why. Like, sometimes you wonder if it's because... You know, nowadays, technology, you have so many screens you can look at. But then again, my sister binged watched and I hated it. I mean, a lot of people like binge watch now. Only act. Well, that was back in the early 90s. Yeah. When a lot, a lot of people did it. But she used to like, seriously, we'd, in the summertime, I'd be stuck watching repeats of Blue's Clues or something because Nickelodeon's like, you know, it's a good idea. Playing Blue's the same clip show every day, constantly, for like five hours. It's like, yeah, no, Nickelodeon. And she loved Blue's Clues. Like, she was not a child back in the 90s. I'm sorry, we're we're old. <laughs> she was like preteen <laughs> watching Blue's Clues. I mean, it, it was a fun show. <laughs> but... <laughs> I, d- I do think it'd be different though if you had a more of a movie watcher perspective yep. i think because i can sit down and i'll watch an entire movie that i've never heard of before just because yeah and i also have a tendency to go through and find a movie that looks absolutely terrible and be like i'm spending an hour and a half of my life with this 
And sometimes it's regrettable. And other times it's not regrettable. And I find a hidden gem that I have to share with everyone I know. The Tenth Kingdom. Tenth Kingdom? It's like, what is it, six hours long? I have no idea. Oh, you've never seen it? Is it something I should watch? Is is it something I I would enjoy? (laughs) Probably, because like at Dad's house, it's all we did sometimes would just be rent a movie, sit in the house, watch the movie. Uh, I I didn't like sitting there staring at the TV for every other weekend because that's when Dad saw us. <laughs> but like one weekend, that's we watched that three times: once on Friday, once on Saturday, once on Sunday, and then we went home. <laughs> I mean, it was a good movie, and it it's actually supposed to have been like eight hours long or something outrageous. Oh my god! It that's had, like the Titanic twice. It had. A lot of extras that got cut out to make it shorter. This could have been like a small TV series. Maybe it should have been. It was a pretty good movie, but I hate it sitting there watching movies for so long. It's probably why I haven't rewatched any of the other Lord of the Rings. Like I've seen the first one multiple times, but the others I haven't watched as much because... They're just yeah. too long. That's one that, that's a series I've always wanted to marathon, but I get halfway through the first one, the director's cut, and I'm like, <laughs> maybe I'll just watch one today. Yeah. I did marathon the Matrix, like all of the Matrix ones. My mother and I took a day, and I had the day, I think it was a weekend, yeah. and I was like, Mom, you need to watch the whole Matrix series. So we watched the Matrix, the all, I think it's nine episodes of the Animatrix, and then Reloaded, and then Revelations. Which the only way you can better understand the series is if you watch the first movie. How does it go? Watch the first movie, watch the Animatrix, watch the second movie, play Enter the Matrix, the game for GameCube or Xbox or PS2. Then watch the third movie and then play um, Enter the Matrix. And Path of Neo fits in there somewhere, but I don't remember where. But it's like everything just ties together and it's really strange. Plus there's like comics and it's it's a whole weird thing. I'm getting way off track, but yeah, that's... Uh, I think that's a lot of it is just that these games are very much like a mini movie marathon when you're yeah. watching them with a few points of interaction where you can make decisions that change the story. But I don't know. Personally, I like them for being able to sit down and have conversation over. Yep. Like those those moments when they're like, I'm like, what is that fable from? And you're like, oh, it's this one. Hold on. I have it bookmarked. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand. Listen. You and your plot devices. But... <laughs> I was not expecting that fable to even be on there. And that and was, it was just, the one that was bookmarked. It just happened to be the one that was bookmarked. And I had said earlier, before you even started playing the game, when you told me about it having fables in there, I wonder if it had that particular fable in it. And it did. <laughs> a little yeah. off, though, because it wasn't a donkey. I mean, it it's was adapted. Multiple animals but, skin, but. Well, I mean, they. I mean, aside from the name, though, when we finally found the coat, it was. A bunch of different skins all stitched together. Yep. And even Snow White was like, it means every type of fur in German. Yep. So, I mean, I think it was relatively accurate as much as it's been adapted. I think it was a German tale. I mean, it's in the Grimm Brothers, but the Grimm Brothers tales are of other tales. That's the point where they, like, visited other areas. Because Europe is much smaller than you think it is. (laughs) You can no, go. it's probably about as small as I think it is. <laughs> True. It's one of those things that, uh, yeah, people but you, are like. You can pretty easily travel Europe. They go country to country like we go state to state. Yeah. That's, 
But yeah, they traveled to these countries and learned these stories and wrote them out because back in the day, these stories weren't written on paper. So that's the grim tales for you. So it was probably a German tale. I know there was quite a few French tales. French tales. Cinderella um, had a golden slipper, not a glass slipper. I don't know why Disney changed it. Well, that and there was, wasn't there like mangling of the feet. <laughs> yep, the stepsisters cut their uh, toes off. Yeah, chunks which of their heels. Wasn't so they in the feet. Disney version, oddly. Maybe enough. that's why they decided to make it glass. So they're like, yeah, it's a glass slipper, so they're not able to do that <laughs> and have it go uh, anywhere. It's just, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Anyway. We've, I think we've uh, diverged enough from main yep. topic. We'll uh, <laughs> wrap it there for the evening. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you have topics you'd like us to discuss about gaming as it affects us as a couple or what have you, then feel free to hop over to yadudegamers.com. There's a link down in the description below. And you can find our contact page. Just feel free to shoot us an email. It's good stuff. We'll, we'll get it. We'll read it. Maybe we'll read it on the air if you'd like us to. That's something we can totally do. Um, otherwise you can find us on all major social medias and all that kind of fun stuff. Thank you for listening and we will see you again next week for another episode of health and mana. So until then happy gaming. <laughs>